All right, we are live. Hello again, everyone. Hello out there. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, where we believe the best idea wins, and we're here to help you generate lots of good ideas. And to achieve that, we bring on smart people uh, to see what they've got, see what kind of knowledge they have to share uh, so that you can take away a few golden nuggets and apply it right into your business. So thank you all uh, for tuning in to another episode. Today, we've got Heather Ripley with us from Ripley PR, and we are super, super excited to have her. So let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Eric Thomas, uh, host of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, also founder and president at Rival Digital. Uh, super excited to have everyone back for another episode of the podcast. Uh, before we get going, if there's anything that you really enjoyed about today's episode, please let us know. Uh, leave us a, a little review or a comment or reach out to me on Facebook and let me know uh, what your thoughts are. Super excited that you are taking the time out of your day to listen uh, to our podcast. Of all the podcasts in the world, you chose to listen to ours. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, NFL week one is officially over. Heather, I'm not sure if you knew this, but we have a fantasy football league here. And uh, we've got some updates on the on the league. I know some people were just dying to keep up and hear what's going on. So we have got to talk about some fantasy football. We got Sunny Days, that's my team, beating Noah Clark from Contractor Commerce. Go team. We got Jeb Beard from Low E Insulation taking down Tyler Lewis over at Airmaster. Joey Rogers from Rogers Heating and Cooling taking down Justin McIntyre from Repair Heating and Cooling. We got Brad McIntyre from also from Low E taking down Tyler Lewis, and then we've got Jason Blevins, the GOAT, defeating DJ Meadows from All Tim Heating and Cooling. Can you feel the excitement, Heather? <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well. I love football too, so. All right, so excited to keep everyone up to date on all the great things in our fantasy football league. Um, but that's not what we're here for today. Today we are going to be chatting about PR, something that can make or break your company, in my opinion. Uh, especially if it goes the wrong way. So brought on an expert to chat about this. Heather, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, Heather, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners out there and tell them a little bit more about Ripley and all the great things that you all do. Sure. Yeah. So um, very passionate about PR, passionate about helping home service businesses. Um, I've been in the industry now since 2008. Um, I was doing PR and marketing for other types of companies before that. But in 2008, I joined Clockwork Home Services, started helping the franchisees um, with Mr. Sparky, One Hour Heating and Air, and Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and really fell in love with the contracting world. Um, super ambitious, driven guys who just want to grow their businesses and 
And I, I quickly discovered that PR was something that they just don't think about. Um, and unfortunately, it's been that way since 2008. Um, you know, they really understand marketing, really understand digital, um, the importance of doing marketing every day. But PR is one of those misunderstood tactics that they just kind of wish they knew more about. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and dive right in, you know, for the contractors who may be listening, who don't fully have a good grasp or understanding on what PR is. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just kind of give us in a nutshell what it is and, and why it's important for them. Yeah. So I, I liken it to um, try to compare it between PR advertising and branding. Advertising is when you control hundred percent of the message, you tell people who you are basically over and over and over. Branding is something that happens after a period of time, but advertising and PR can affect branding. PR is where you get a third party to talk about you. So basically what we try to do is try to get the traditional media outlets, TV, newspapers, magazines, um, to talk about a company. And to do that, you have to be a little bit strategic. Um, you have to create some news um, and really be an expert in your market. And to do that, we, we teach companies how to do that, how to do it right, and become that go-to source for their local media. Yeah. So when we're talking about media, you've got, you've got earned media, you've got paid media, and then you've got owned media, right? Mm -hmm. So um, as you had mentioned, you know, advertising and branding um, and PR, they all work together because you want to really, you want all three. You want that, that perfect combination of all three. Right. Um, so how does, how does earned media really play into the full mixture of everything? Yeah, well, they say that earned media is more valuable um, in the minds of a consumer because it's more believable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, consumers nowadays know when they're being advertised to. And not saying that doesn't work, it really does work. But um, having someone else, especially a credible um, journalist or a credible reporter in your market, talk to you and choose you to interview, that goes a long way um, toward your consumers trusting you. So they see that and you're just on a, almost automatically a trusted source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, f I feel like a lot of people, when they hear PR, they immediately think of like just reviews, reputation management, like review solicitation, stuff like that. So what are the different types of earned media that you see a lot of contractors uh, going after and, and getting? Yeah, so perfect question. We do help clients with reviews. Um, look at it like proactive and reactive. The reactive is what a lot of people think about. Um, you have a problem, you have a crisis, how do you clean it up? Um, but really proactive, if you're doing the right things all along, it can make those reactive um, situations a lot easier to take care of. Um, like him or not, I, I always use Peyton Manning as an example. You know, he had a good career, he gave back, he's just a good person. And then he made some mistakes and the media briefly talked about it but then it was covered up because he was doing so many things right over the course of his career. So um, a home service company can do the same thing. They can do proactive PR. Um, um, talk about tips to homeowners, how to prepare your home for vacation. 
Um, talk about the charitable giving that you're doing. Talk about your technicians and their stories. Make it a feel-good um, story for the community. Those things can go a long way when you do make a mistake because we all know that mistakes happen and, you know, technicians are tired and they they might hurt something <laughs> in a home. Yeah. And then that becomes a problem that you have to clean up. So doing that proactive, positive PR all along helps it to go away um, if, if something bad does happen. Yeah. Well, especially in an industry where people are trusting their their sacred place, their home in the hands of someone who they just met through a text message that said, Jeff is on the way. Um, There could so much could go wrong so quickly. Uh, And so what are some examples you've seen of a crisis like you had, like you just mentioned? Um, And then how, how do contractors usually go about cleaning that up if it does go wrong? I've seen everything in the past, um, 14 years from a plumber leaving a dirty handprint on a wall, becoming a big problem on social media to, um, you know, a real true crisis where there's a gas leak in a home and the business owner doesn't know if it's their fault or not. You know, that, that kind of fear, um, is real and it can really hurt a business. So to clean it up, it really depends on what happened. Um, who knows about it? And I always, you know, walk clients through a process, try to get them to calm down. But we have a process that we take clients through to help them mitigate those situations, think calmly, create a statement, and then respond to the media. So there is a there's a process, there's a plan. We when we take a client on, we we train them for those types of scenarios so that they can kind of breathe easy and not react and not say the wrong thing. Yeah. That's gotta be kind of stressful sometimes when, Oh yeah. When something kind of goes wrong like that, what's like the worst example or worst, like worst thing you all have ever had to like help a client fix. It's hard to say the worst. I can think of several really bad ones. Um, one comes to mind. It was a, several years ago, it was not a client of ours. So unfortunately, when they called, um, we didn't know much about the company. We had to take some time to try to get to know them, ask their values, all of that. But what happened was one of their technicians was arrested in front of the company truck Mm -mm. for murdering his wife. Oh, gosh. And (laughs) Yeah, that one was really, you know, it, it happened quickly. Um, it was on the news before anybody could know about it or be prepared for anything like that. It just happened. Hmm. What we see more often than something like that is, um, a DUI, you know, Hmm. the, the technician took the truck, got drunk, got in an accident. Uh, and that happens more than, um, you might, you might think. So, that's one of our typical scenarios that we go over with all of our clients because that can happen pretty easily. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously other than telling the technicians, Hey, be a good person and maybe don't do stuff like this. What are some ways that contractors can, uh, you know, kind of begin teaching this belief of, um, you know, good PR and instilling it into their technicians like day-to-day actions? 
it's that's a good question and and i don't have the the magic bullet for that um but what i've seen from the best companies is it's it's getting harder even for really great solid companies with solid processes to hire good people mm-hmm. it just is they're desperate for people um if a technician has experience they need them so they might not do the background checks and everything like they used to. Um, so I, I just I would caution them to try to stay true to who they are. Um, a lot of our clients have really strong core values that they hire against, and that can protect you. Um, you know, if you find out somebody's doing something like this, it's best to just part ways with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's not easy to do. And sometimes companies are so desperate for tax right now that they put up with more than they should. So it's unfortunate that it's happening more than ever right now. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You'd mentioned, um, you know, having core values and in, in hiring and firing based on them. Um, what do you believe are like, cause I know core values can differ. Everyone's got their own core values, which I, I think they should. Uh, and I, I don't recommend anyone to ever just, adapt core values because you heard it on a, a podcast. Um, but what are, what are like the overlapping common core values that, um, you know, most contractors have that, I guess, for the contractors that really understand this and, and, and put themselves out as good stewards of their community? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I haven't really given that much thought about the, the similarities, but I would say that honesty, um, you know, the people who do the right thing when nobody's looking, that integrity is important. Mm-hmm. Um, just someone with some, um, some, a moral compass, you know, mm-hmm. is, is going to be better. Um, it's, it's tough for these companies because, again, they're so desperate for people that they kind of shift away from those core values. But um, I don't really, I'd have to look into that to see those similarities because nothing comes to mind immediately. Yeah. Um, we've seen companies with entirely um, unique core values that are true to them that nobody else has, but it works for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, I'm, I'm sure, I, I mean, I saw that Dan has liked the video. So I wonder if Dan's watching this right now. Uh, I heard a quote one time about branding and it's like, it, it went something along the lines of, uh, branding isn't what you say about your company. Branding is what others say about your company when you're not around. Uh, do you believe that that's true? I think it, yes, I think it's both. I think it's important to tell the community who you are, um, because without that, they may not even know you exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Dan says I'm here. <laughs> Um, I, I like that quote a lot, though, because, mm-hmm. again, all the things that you're doing, Marketing is everything you're doing. Um, it's your uniforms. It's it's even who you hire and what they look like um, and how they how they present your company to the consumer. But all the things, all those things play together in who you are as a brand. Yeah, absolutely. We got Tersh watching. Tersh, how's it going, uh, fellow podcaster Dan? I know 
Dan's very passionate about the branding stuff. So I really hope that there's some, there's some good value here for, for our listeners. Uh, I've got a few things I had written down that I really wanted to touch on because I, I want contractors to really walk away from this and understand, you know, some good best practices for their company to implement immediately. So uh, the first one that I've got is, is press releases. So this is something that you see all the time on like what, PR Newswire and uh, CEI Vision or whatever the website is. Um, so when it comes to press releases, what, what are your thoughts on that? When And when should you publish and distribute a press release? Great question. I'm a, I'm a fan of press releases. They do still work. I've seen lots of articles saying they don't. Um, they need to be strategic. You can't just take an ad and try to work it into a press release. Uh, and I have seen marketing people do that in home service. Um, I have seen some website companies even try to do that and tell the client that they're going to issue those for SEO. The, the reason you should do a press release should be to benefit the journalist and give them some news because at the end of the day, they need to sell either TV ads or they need to sell um, newspaper ads. So they want readers or viewers. So you have to give them some content that's actually newsworthy. Mm-hmm. And there's a way to do, um, you know, spin it, if you will. Um, any kind of story into news. So give them news, but they need news that's beneficial to the consumer. So if there's a way you can tie it into um, National Electrical Safety Month, um, I think falls in May, and and you can talk about safety things, um, safety mistakes that homeowners make in their homes with electrical um, outlets and extension cords and all of that stuff, but make it newsworthy and valuable to the reader or to the viewer and write it in a journalistic tone, not a promotional advertising tone. So the way that we write our press releases, um, we write an associated press style. That's what journalists use. And they, a lot of times will take our release word for word and print it because we write like a journalist does. So it saves them time and it's valuable to their readers. So they do work um, and they can help you with SEO, but they shouldn't be written for SEO. Yeah. So I, I think the, the really important takeaway there is that it should be written in that in that proper, that AP style um, and to be able to avoid having a journalist needing to rewrite it much because right. you want your you know, the information that you want shared the way that you intend it to be shared to be shared instead of it, you know, if it gets rewritten, there's always a chance that what you had thought was going to come out of this might be changed a little bit. Um, Have you ever seen any examples of, of press releases backfiring on people who put them out? Well, short answer is yes. And the reason is we've seen marketing people, Um, come to us and say, you know, and I'm talking about a marketing person in-house with a home service company. So they're the person um, doing events. They're the person doing everything. And they try to do PR and they write it in a very promotional tone. And they wonder why nobody's ever picking it up. And they think the media hates them because they're just nothing's happening. But what can often happen, it's not really backfiring, but in a sense, it kind of is. 
the if they send it to a journalist, the journalist may forward that press release to the advertising department. And the advertising department reads, reaches back out and says, buy, buy an ad. This is an ad. Mm -hmm. um, so if they don't see it as newsworthy enough, they'll either delete it or send it to the ad department. So essentially nothing happens if, if it's not written well. Yeah, that's really interesting. So would you recommend, and I obviously I think I, I probably know the answer to this, but would you recommend a contractor who wants to, you know, have a press release written for something that's, that's newsworthy? Um, maybe they, you know, they acquire another company or they upgrade their facility, something along that line. Would you recommend them try to write it themselves or outsource it to someone on Fiverr or hire a professional PR agency and why? Well, yeah, I would say either a person or an agency that knows PR and understands it, but also somebody that knows the business mm -hmm. because you don't want somebody who just writes a bunch of jargon and can't translate it for the everyday person. Um, but it doesn't have to be an agency. You know, I, of course, I want to advocate and say hire an agency. But if you have a marketing person who knows how to write like a journalist, that's fine. Um, but a lot of times those journalists don't view it as newsworthy if it's coming from a marketing person. Um, I have coached business owners when they're just starting out how to reach out to the media themselves and introduce themselves as a source. Hey, if you're ever working on any um, winter freeze stories and you need somebody to call, call me. Mm -hmm. um, that can work, but the, the key and the most important thing is you don't need an agency ongoing. And I think most agencies that you talk to will say, we need you as a client year round and not all businesses are right for that model. So a lot of times we'll take a client on for a four week or a six week PR campaign and we'll write a press release. We'll pitch it. And then we get stories, we give them a report, and then we kind of go away until they have news again. Because not everybody's big enough to to be able to have that PR need all year round. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on personal branding and how that plays into your company's PR? It's It can be important. And it, when I first start talking to every client, I try to find out what the owner's goals are. Um, we have clients who want to acquire other businesses. We have clients who want to sell. Um, we have a lot of clients who are father and son, and the father doesn't want to really be the face of the company yet. He really wants to position his son as the company mm -hmm. face, but he's not ready yet. He doesn't present himself, you know. So um, we do a lot of coaching on how to present yourself, how to build your brand, um, but it really depends on your goals. If your goal is just to continue running the business and keep it growing steadily, um, the owner may not be the face. You may choose a general manager or um, some other key spokespeople, and we can help raise their brands as well. Awesome. All right. So I've got a few other things I had noted down earlier to, to chat about. And, and one of them is and I just, I really want to know your take on this. Uh, what are your thoughts when, when your team does good in the community, 
say the technician's driving home from a job and they notice um, someone with a flat tire or uh, someone who needs CPR and they pull over and do the right thing. They help them change the tire. They conduct CPR. Uh, and then maybe someone shares that on Facebook. Do you believe that that's good to share onto your company page or is that kind of seen as like gloating or bragging? I think you should brag and there's a way to do it where it doesn't look like, Hey, look what we did. We're it's so great. There's a way to, to do that example and talk about, you know, we're so lucky to have this technician. Here's what he did. We just wanted the world to know. Um, there's a, there's a soft way that you can push that out for sure. Um, yeah. But that's not an uncommon question. I talked to so many business owners who are doing amazing things out in their community and they don't want to share it. They're like, that takes away from what we're doing. Um, it, it doesn't feel good anymore if I, you know, give a $15,000 check to this organization and then tell everybody about it. But what I, what I tell them is when you share that in the right way, you're helping other people learn about that organization and you're helping them make more money, not just your check, but you're helping other people um, and you're inspiring them to give as well. So there's a way that you can do it. And in that case that I'm talking about, we can um, do a joint press release and have the news come from the recipient instead of the giver. And um, just twisting that a little bit and saying, um, such and such organization receives $15,000 from ABC Home Service feels a little bit better than ABC Home Service gives $15,000. So there is a way to do all of those great things and share those in, in, a, in the perfect way. Yeah. So how do you coach or recommend um, business owners to find charities and organizations like that that makes sense for them to be involved with? I think that different companies feel differently about it. Some, some like to get the input of all their employees and choose maybe three or four that they feel the whole team can support. Um, sometimes they have one key employee who's fighting a certain type of cancer or something like that. It just makes sense for that to be their cause. Um, and, and companies can change it. They don't have to necessarily support the same organization every year. They can change it up. Um, but what I recommend is pick a few rather than a lot and try to make an impact with that, a bigger impact, um, rather than spread a lot of small um, checks around. Try to make a big, huge impact for two or three organizations. Yeah. I've always thought that when you do that, when you, when you get involved with a local organization of some sort, um, I mean, not, not only are you going to get that good, good feeling, you know, the team feels like they're, you know, they're really helping out the community. Um, and you are actually helping out the community of course, but you also, there, there's a lot of other benefits that come from it that, you know, obviously you shouldn't give with a heart of expecting something in return, but you can still get backlinks. You can still get um, more of a some synergy on social media where they'll share your content with their audience. You can share their content with your audience, um, and so you kind of begin building up some of that earned media, like we you know had mentioned earlier. 
Yes. Yeah. And, and we have several clients who give to their local humane society or something like that. And they're regularly featured. Um, they'll show the puppy dogs with the company sign behind them and say, this, this dog is sponsored this week by this company. Um, and so they get a lot of shares that way. So there's, there's some pretty creative ways to do it where you're still helping a lot. Yeah. So the last thing I had written down, I really wanted to touch on is ways to identify opportunities to get earned media. So that's one of the very first things we do with a client is, um, and especially when I'm getting to know somebody, I ask them, what are some things you have going on? What are some ideas you have? What are some things that you've done the past few years? Um, can we build upon that? And there's surprisingly a lot of creative people out there in home service. So they have a lot of great ideas and um, we can share some of the things that we've done with other clients or if we know that market particularly well, what the media is interested in there. Um, so um, that's one of the first things we do. And we try not to go past six months, but we'll try to create a six month calendar of news topics for a client so that we always have that steady stream of news come up. And um, as things happen, as weather changes or there's a national trending story, we can insert those where they where they fit. Yeah. So I know you'd mentioned, you know, if someone wants to be kind of the personality of the brand um, that you can kind of help coach them and whatnot. What, what are some common fears that contractors or business owners typically have when it comes to like getting in front of a camera or talking about their involvement online? It's hard. Um, I, I tell them I'm an introvert. I, I don't like it. I like coaching them how to do it, but I don't like doing it myself. A lot of our clients are introverts, so they're scared. Um, we just coach them how to um, stand, how to sit, what to wear, if the interview's inside in a studio or versus outside, you know, what the differences are, how to speak. We talk that we teach them how to um, talk in sound bites and answer questions. So there's a, I think the fear to answer your question, the fear is just looking dumb, mm -hmm. you know, but you have to remember that you know more about your company than anybody else. And you know more about the, the services you offer than the journalist or reporter does. So um, usually there's absolutely nothing to worry about. They want a good story. They'll coach you. Um, but we just tell our clients, be yourself and smile and you'll do fine. Well, I feel like I could definitely use some help in that area because um, this past, actually two days ago, I spoke at the um, air conditioning contractors, uh, ACA I, at their fall meetings. And I probably should have done some research on the rooms that I would be in for this because it was dimly lit and the walls were kind of like a darker paint and I wore blue jeans and a dark polo. And so in all the pictures, I just looked like a floating head with arms. <laughs> and I was in my mind, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to wear this. This is pretty comfortable. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I look ridiculous up there. So <laughs> also, but it's so true. You know, I, you know, I host this and I talk to people and people listen to it, but like I get in front of a crowd of like, I don't know, there's probably 15, 20 people in that session, nervous, 
like mm -hmm. like i i could hop on here and there could be 200 people watching at any given point in time or you know when it's live and i wouldn't care uh, but when you see their faces and it's like in real life it, it's something that's a little bit different about that for some reason it is it is it's tough especially in with a camera in your face and all these lights <laughs> it's very intimidating yeah and that's something that we've began dabbling around in with with our clients is um like photo and video work and that's mm -hmm. something that we've kind of come across is like we show up with these giant uh you know lights and the camera and everything and they get super nervous and so i'm always like okay we gotta try to find a way to like coach them and calm them down a little bit i've heard that and this might just be kind of a, a random tidbit here i've heard that if you eat a banana before you like present or like speak on tv or something that it like calms your nerves and the tension H have you heard that before i haven't but i'll have to look that up i yeah. haven't heard that i hope that's good advice because i told one of our clients that he had to do a tv spot and i was like yeah eat a banana um and so i hope that was good advice and <laughs> potassium i i guess that might work yeah um, well one good one good thing about interviews is um i have had a client who was too buttoned up too over the top almost acting when he did an interview and it didn't go as well as someone who makes some mistakes stumbles over the words a little bit but seems sincere and those are the people that the media want back over and over and over so mm -hmm. um, just for whatever that's worth not being perfect is um it seems more trustworthy so I still have hope, even though I looked like a fool <laughs> at my presentation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> All right. What are your thoughts on podcasting in uh, for contractors? Yeah. Um, again, it depends on your goals. If your goals are to get in front of other contractors and potentially acquire them, or just put yourself out there to be sold, then yeah, something in the trades makes a lot of sense. Your podcast makes sense for for um, trades people to watch because they can learn from it. But as far as hosting your own, um, I think it really depends on what the goals are. Um, you know, again, it's it's it should fit in overall strategy. What's your strategy for growing your business, selling your business, or passing it down? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this has been this has been awesome. I really have enjoyed this because PR is not something that we we know much about. We know how to respond to Google reviews, and that's about the extent of our of our PR knowledge around here. So, um, just before we kind of sign off here, um, what's like just the number one piece of advice that you would give to a contractor if they were starting their business tomorrow? Just to keep PR in mind, um, I have heard repeatedly that. Um, PR is more valuable than, than they thought it was going to be. And just to start early, you don't have to have a full blown year long strategy just to do something quarterly or every other month makes sense for every business, no matter how small you are. Um, but just to make sure that PR is in your marketing strategy somewhere because it really is important. Yeah. All right. Well, Heather, before we, 
before we uh, sign off here, one last question. This is going to be the most difficult question of the day. My favorite question to ask our guests, is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, yes. I like it. I agree. <laughs> I, I've really enjoyed asking this. It was a joke at first, but now I just need to know what everyone thinks. So if you're listening to this right now, I would love to know your thoughts. We've been debating over it for the past six months here at Rival Digital. Uh, so really enjoy that that topic. Well, Heather, thank you so much for, uh, for for joining me today on the podcast. What's a good way for our listeners to get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Yeah, they can check out RipleyPR.com or email me at hripley at RipleyPR. Awesome. Well, Heather, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And, thank you. Uh, you too. I'll be, be talking to you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.